Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. The wild card series are over. Kaput. Done. We're moving on. The playoffs are normal from here on out. How about that? Let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Thank you very much for joining us today as we recap the two games that were yesterday. We're coming to you live from the Roosevelt Studios here in the Bronx. That's R-S-V-L-T-S. Oh shit, Trev's got, if uh, for anyone watching live on YouTube, Trev's got a Roosevelt shirt on. I have a Roosevelt sweatshirt wow. on and you have a Roosevelt's collared shirt on. Tasty. We didn't even plan that. Love you, Roosevelt. Oh. Trevor, that's the exact one that Mookie was wearing, right? Off his back. Yeah. Okay. Rumors. Close. Anyway, really. uh, my no. name's Jimmy. Jake's sitting over here. Trev's in California. BBD behind the dish. And we got two games to recap. Put a bow on the wild card series. What do you guys think of the wild card series as a whole? Can we do... We're, we're, we're going to put 10 minutes on the clock for each game, but like, I saw a lot of tweets come my way, and I love having Twitter because I get so many different opinions come my way. And some opened my brain. And uh, a lot were like, this was really bad baseball. Like, we saw some bad baseball in a lot of these games. Three fun games, but there were some teams where it was like, oh, you don't belong here. Yeah. And I think I agree. I think I agree with that. It, I, I get really torn because I think it was good for casual fans and bringing in new fans. But it's also an introduction to some, like, boring and, and some bad skill play. But then some really great stories as well. So I, I don't know. I'm torn. You guys got any thoughts on this? I'm okay with it for this year. I, it For me, unfortunately, it ties into bigger conversations about going forward and getting this many teams in the playoffs. And it is too many teams. So I that's that's kind of the overbearing thing. I mean, I do like a three-game set. Um, you know, and I hope they, you know, take from – I always blank. Is it the – the Korean League is it the the CPBL? I forget, but they do they do the wild card. That's two games, but the lower seed has to win both games, right? Yes, yes. Um, so you know, I I'd like to see something like that get implemented because coming down to a one game playoff, I think is more messed up than what we're doing. I understand the pressure and the excitement of that one game. So the but, Padres would have been out, right? Padres would have been out. Is that the only team that lost the first game but won the next two? Uh, Oakland. Oakland would have been out. Oakland would have been out. Because if you don't win, you have to win. Out, in the first round, you have to win both games. Or if you're the higher seed home team, you just win one. So so I think if you don't let that many teams in and then you can kind of take the two-game slash three-game idea from this, I think I would like it a lot. Um, and like I said the other day, I really enjoyed the brackets part of it. Everyone talking about their brackets and it's busted, and it's like that's not really a baseball and thing. And the word but, bubble has been around a lot, so you're getting all your March Madness yeah, picks in now. Yeah, I mean this is a uh, yeah. I mean it was funny to hear Aguilar and some Marlins fans say like we're going to the bubble. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a new term now. We made it's it. Like, we're to going the to the dance. So I I don't know. And I, at the other time, I get it that you know the Cubs who you know win the. NL Central and you know have you know Rossi and they still got the same gang. They're looking back now at two games and being like, "What the hell happened? We we go cold for two days and our season's done." So I don't know, Trevor. What do you got? I, I like the three gamer. I don't think it needs to change to the two win two or go home, whatever it is. I think they just need to get the number of teams down. 
Well, the, you know, you have the, uh, the sorry to cut you off. Wow. But, but the one seed needs an advantage. Don't wow. you agree with that? I just don't. The one seed doesn't have to be in the wild card. Yeah. Like oh, it should okay. be three yes. winners, two wild cards. Those two wild card teams play each other in a three game series. They, the winning team gets the home field advantage. I like that. Uh, and then you just go into the division series. I just think there's too many teams, like you said. Like there's, you need to earn the right to be in the postseason. Uh, sub 500 teams should never be in the postseason. So I think I like the three game format, but you know there's just too many. It's too many teams. And also, I think the other thing that comes into play when we've talked about this is you know baseball and rest aren't really necessarily a great formula. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, there's got to be a way that you can line it up that you play a two, three game wild card, and then you could still have other teams. You know, if they pitch their one and two guys on the last two days of the season, that maybe they're lined up for perfect rest for a for a five game series or something. So uh, there, there's got to be a right way to do it. This is too many, and you do have some bad teams in. And I mean, uh, you know, I, I think we're gonna have some more AL NL Central talk this episode, but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how to do it. If you you can drop it to seven really easily, I don't know how you do it if you want it at six. Maybe you give the it's top wild one. card also an advantage, and there's four teams waiting. Are you giving a buy to anyone? I was giving the division winners. The I think three. you give the top two a buy. Okay, it should like be really. A, it should be t- it should be the winners of the division, and then That'd the be best three. two records after that, and those two teams. But that's what they have card. now, Trev, and they want to expand. Yeah. So we're not going to get that. It's dumb. I mean, ten teams is all you need in the playoffs. Ten teams. Yeah. Where do we we had sixteen this year? It's a joke. They want fifteen. I don't know how they do that though. That's they can do fourteen, seven, and I seven. I don't know, man. That's just it's just way too many. I mean, it makes the regular season worth worthless. I agree. With a hundred sixty regular season, it would all be worthless. Reward the top two. Yeah, we'll we'll save some of that for the off season. All right. Yeah, we got ten minutes on the clock. Let's get into game number one here. The Miami Marlins shut out <sighs> the Cubs. Uh, it's two nothing final score. Sixto Sanchez pitches really well. Koopa Loop gets the big homer, and, uh, I mean, you Darvis pitched well as well. The Cubs just didn't do anything. I believe they had the bases loaded at one point. Um, I have some thoughts on the managing from uh, probably manager of the year, Donnie Baseball, but I will throw it to you, Jake, first. Ooh. Or, Trev, if you – I don't know who has any firm thoughts here. You know, I I was close to playing on these Marlins, so I'll go first. Uh, yeah, and it looks like the fourth inning was the inning that they had the bases loaded. Hey, good for Sixto. Um, you know, we kind of did some some turkey math on this show. We were like, okay, the teams that haven't seen him yet have struggled. And, you know, this this guy's supposed to be a primetime player with some nasty stuff. Uh, so he goes out and he shoves. And Darvish also shoving. He, uh, you know, Coop gets him two outs in the seventh inning. And, again, it's the, uh, A, Darvish is rolling. You're not going to pull him there. Uh, this Cubs Achilles heel uh, besides their lineup that turned into a giant Achilles heel, was the bullpen. Um, you know, that's it, it was a fear factor last year. They've still been figuring it out this year. They found some solutions with between Wick and Jeffress. Uh, I think Wick was out and hurt this series. Jeffress got knocked around in the first game, and Kimbrell's kind of been uh, a mess uh, throughout. So uh, with that looming over your team and, and well, zero hitting – 
um, you know, you leave yourself susceptible to it's 0-0 in the seventh inning in Wrigley, and Garrett Cooper does clip one. Garrett Cooper, who's a nice little hitter. I know he was a Yankees farman. Uh, well, no, is a Brewers. Or he farm. came. He came over to the Yanks for a little bit. I think the Rockies, right? He was in trip. Or no, he was Brewers. in. He was in. He was in Colorado Springs, which should be the Rockies AAA team, but it is the Brewers yeah. AAA team. Uh, he came over, and he's all he's done as a major leaguer is hit a little bit. He's got like an 800 OPS. He clips one, um, and then from there, you know, the Cubs go into this like hope we get someone on and hit a homer, and it never happened the whole series. So Magnurius. Magnarius. I got I got something on that one. What do you I mean, got? Trent? I don't know. I was watching the game. Yeah. Um, second and third. Or no, it was first. What was it? First and second. No outs. And two outs. I believe. For who? Who's was. the hitting team here? The um, Marlins were. That was when, when the guy hit uh, hit the second run in. Magnuvis. I'm watching the game. Sierra. Two, I tweeted this out yesterday. Two outs. Uh, not holding the runner on at first, obviously, because it's first and second. Anthony Rizzo was on the grass, mm. like in like three or four steps on the grass, and I have no idea why. Like, okay, if he bunts, so be it. It's bases loaded, two outs. And he's a lefty. The third baseman can come play up if he wants, and Darvish can take the first baseline in a bunt situation. Like, But, again, you're not really worried about the bunt with two outs, but he was up. Sure enough, first pitch slider, he turns on it and hits it in the three-hole right past a diving Anthony Rizzo, who should have been behind the runner, you know, and would have fielded that easily. And that, that's, you know, one-run game is a lot different than a two-run game. So it's, why it was, was very strange to me. I have no idea why he was up there. And I tweeted that out. Nobody really cared. I was hoping some Cubs fans were going to, like, enlighten me with why he was doing that, but nobody did. And so Trev, still, you- Racking my brain. You listed your tweet beautifully because, you know, the the first statement out of someone would be, you know, Sierra's this uh, incredible speedster. He's watching out for the bunt. But your counterpoint is perfect. Let him bunt. If if he wants to bunt, knock yourself out. Wallach's on deck, the nine-hole hitting catcher. If that's really what they want to do, knock themselves out. And I I don't think Sierra was going to do that anyway. So that was a great self-retort by you. I just don't know why yeah, he was up. I'm looking at it now. I don't. I mean, it's to protect. It's to protect the bunt because he thinks they're trying to move both runners into scoring position. Two outs, though. But there's two outs. Yeah, that seems like just a, whatever. I mean, Cubs. Lost, He's though. known. He is known. He like loves taking bunts away. So like, you know, they've developed. Um, bunt plays where he just crashes and he goes in. He's right in your face when you bunt. That's like what he likes to do. He likes to play up like that. But in that situation, I mean, you're you're essentially just giving up that three hole for no reason. Ball goes and right past him. Goes right past him. If he's if he's five six steps back, right behind the runner, which he should be. It's a typical place to play when you're a first baseman in that situation. Cubs don't get a run though, so it's hard to like look at yeah. anything but the offense. But that is an yeah, interesting know, and good point for baseball strategy. But uh, Ian Happ gets two hits, love that. Hayward gets two hits. Those have been the dudes for them. That's been it, man. That's and it's been it. It's bizarre, man. Baez zero for four. Bryant zero for four. Rizzo zero for four. Schwarber zero for three. I, I mean, we, you know, these are dudes that have been there a lot, and you. You know, Baez had that quote before about, you know, not being able to watch the game tape and why are we being punished for the Astros' action. And, you know, you wonder how much of this team relied on that. Was stuff like that getting in their heads? Or was this just kind of a weird 
weird. lost season for them. I mean, you know, those we just listed some of the best ball players at their positions in baseball, and these guys were kind of offers all year. Yeah, and there's a lot. The Cubs have uh, one of the more fascinating like off seasons that we're about to see because there's a lot of guys here that can't keep them. Do they want to keep them? Do they trade them? Um, is their window closed? Is it time to not rebuild but reset? Um, I don't know. That's a conversation for another time. I want to give the Marlins some credit here, and yes. uh, specifically Donnie Baseball. Sixto Sanchez is a rookie starting a game. Now, they do have the Marlins and Donnie do have a, a bit of cushion because it's not a do-or-die game for them. But Sixto, in the third inning, walked the first two batters. It's a tie game, and Donnie Baseball didn't, like, panic. Just let him work out of it, and he does. He goes line out single, <laughs> another single, so he puts another gun on and then gets the fly ball from Baez. In the next inning, he gets the quick out, and then he walk, and then he gives up two singles. So now you got one out, two on, tie game, and Mattingly doesn't panic again and trust his guy to finish it, and Sixto finishes it. So I, I think that's cool for a rookie, and I think that's an established manager handling a rookie pitcher and instilling trust in his guy. The opposite of what we kind of saw with Renteria and the White Sox. Um, so I like that. And then it's clear they had a plan after that. They had four relievers they were going to go to. Um, you know, and the Cubs and the Cubs and, and their bullpen kind of were fine too. It's just the Cubs bats. And that's not what you'd expect at the beginning of a series, talking about those guys. But I saw the stats they were talking about Bryant since 2016. The postseason's really struggled and obviously didn't have a good year this year. And it rolled right over into the playoffs. And that's, I mean, that's, you got to have that guy going. I don't know what Rizzo, I'm going to check Rizzo's stats this year. Well, you do that, Trev. Your guy, Matt Joyce. Matt Joyce, one for two with a walk and an outfield assist. Contreras at the Great dish. Play. Yeah. Great play. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a ball player, man. He's been doing it for a long time. And just like that is, I mean, how many times have you practiced that throw as an outfielder? A lot. And he got it in the game and just perfect, on the money, one hop. Probably gave the shooter McGavin afterwards, you mm. know, just like that. Mm. Good to see him. Only closing note for me, uh, Jim, you mentioned six, though. How about the Marlins bullpen? They go four shutty at Wrigley, and it's not a lot of dudes you know. I mean, it's Boxberger, who's famous from wearing the emoji t- uh, players weekend shirt. Dick Blyer, former Orioles stud. <laughs> uh, Yimi Garcia, who hits... Uh, Contreras and they're having some fun And then Kinsler who's 10 years in the league and some highs And lows of baseball for him and kind of <laughs> Embodies a little bit of, of These Marlins not getting love And doing it um, You know Kimbrell and Jeffress A couple guys who have made all-star games And are you know have had huge Years as relievers you know Boxberger, Blyer, Garcia, Kinsler Yeah Use uh, quote afterwards was really good as well. He said, I really just wanted yeah. to get a win so Lester could pitch again in Wrigley one last time. And that's like, damn, man. Okay. Pull on the heartstrings a little bit for us here. But yeah, other than that, Miami, uh, the Miami Marlins are sitting in the dugout, sitting on the field, smoking cigars, uh, talking their shit because they deserve it. I like that. Miami Marlins Twitter accounts posting all the videos, catch flights, not feelings. It's fun, man. Uh, baseball is actually learning how to have fun. Uh, 
the bottom a lot feeders of shit talking going on. <laughs> a lot yeah, of shit talking good. A lot of now. shit talking. Like Acuna and, and Bauer shit talking. We talked about that a little bit on one of our programs. But then they all they tweeted at each other like joking. Like yeah. it was like, ah, it's fun. It's just good fun. So I like the end of that. But uh I don't know if anyone's heard this clip. I tweeted it out, but I know not everyone that listens to this podcast on Twitter. But th- this is uh after game one of this one. of the season. Uh, what's his name? Ricky, Ricky Vitalico, Ricky. pride of CCSU, baby. He, he does the post game for the Phillies. He dropped this, and from game one, Miami heard this somehow, got on the radar. They remembered it, and now they're embracing it. You have to be the bottom feeders. And if you don't think the Marlins are bottom feeders, we'll see what happens, you know, in a couple weeks and see who's beating up on them and who's not. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, if they're that good of a club, because I don't see it. I don't know what you saw tonight, but I wouldn't say they're a juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination. Cuts to Aguilar wearing a shirt that says the Miami bottom feeders, smoking a cigar, celebrating the win, and he says this. Don't get mad at us, okay? I just said. You guys started it, not us. We got to fly tomorrow. We got to fly tomorrow. I don't know you guys. (laughs) <laughs> it's really good I, uh, A, I think me and Jesus Aguilar could have a good time together If he just gave me a chance uh, B, and I mean This is where every team, you know Every season is going to have their things When you get on first base, you look at the dugout You do something This is the definition of don't force it You know, game one Batalico calls them bottom feeders There's also some fish stuff there The halibut, flounder, the sole Uh and yeah, they hang this shirt in their dugout, which is like, they they go up to hit, and they see that shirt that they're bottom feeders. Like they've they've rallied behind it, behind it. They're having fun, and uh, you know we'll be talking about some of the divisional stuff coming up for all the DS games. You, you but need it's something. Be fun. Trav. You need something. Now some teams some teams force it. The Yankees kind of force it, and then they change halfway through their season where they they come up with a gesture when they get a hit. Um, you know. Yeah. It was the, the thumbs down came around organically. The Brett bang came organically this year. It's an elbow thing. I think it's for Tommy Canely and Tommy John, but we have no idea. Um, the Let's see. The Rangers have had the antlers and the horns and the claw. The Nats had baby shark. Did the twins that you played on ever have something like this? Or, did, or was there ever conversations to get something like this? I mean, we had stuff, but we are such like an old school, like be respectful type organization, you know, especially in the years that I was there. Um, so it was like, you know, we do it, but do it real subtly. We had, you know, silly stuff. It has to come organically. If you try to force it, it's ridiculous. It just looks stupid. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, something like brings a tear to my eye and we'll just like just go right here when he got on base. Just a real mm. small little tear. And stuff like that. But like I said, we were so old school, so much about respect there that it was like, do your job. It was like we wanted to be Bill Belichick, like yeah. shut up and do your job. But we just did never do our job. <laughs> well that's, what, that's what the Yankees were like that forever. And then that thumbs down dude and Todd Frazier kind of flipped the script. And it was like, oh. You guys know I, I created that. I told you that. Yeah. What do you mean you created that? You were that guy in the suspenders. No, I – we <clears> – <throat> We played a home game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Played a home were, game in Met was, Stadium. Yeah, you were that game. I made an error with well, two outs that let Todd Frazier come up to bat, and he hit that fucking homer. And then homeboy in the stands was like, you know, gave the yeah. down. Well, and circle. Then it was the thing. So you guys are 
If that was fun for you, you're welcome. Yeah. A lot of it fun. wasn't very fun for me. <laughs> all right. That's it. I think that's all we got on this Good game. Good job, anyway, Fish. Good job, Fish. Excited for the next matchup. We got another game. Oh, yeah. And the other, the other game is a big one. A game mm. three. The, the second game three of the wild card series out of eight series, only two went three games. I think that shows the disparaging skills. Anyway, Padres and Cardinals, and this one is another fun game. The Padres have to bullpen the game because they lost one starter. They lost two starters, and they bullpen a game for like the third time in a row. I really liked how they went about it. Um, I thought Tingler did well with that. Jack Flaherty dealt. He was really good. Uh, I mean, this game, it ends up 4 nothing. Cardinals just couldn't score. There were some some dumb mistakes defensively for the Cardinals, but they don't really come into play. Same with the Cubs, because when you put zero runs out there, that's not good. But I, I really liked um, Tingler. It seemed like they, they definitely worked backwards. They definitely said, okay, well, Rosenthal's going to be a nine guy, Pomerantz the eight, Pagan the seven, and then we got to figure out how to fill the rest. And, um, you know, they Stammen sees six batters. He's out. I'm guessing that was the plan. And then Tim Hill comes in to close out that inning, and then they let him go. Um, they let him go the next inning for a couple di- couple guys. Then Pierce Johnson comes in. Um, at one point there was bases loaded, right? And someone got out of it. Yeah. Um, there was two on. They bring Austin Adams in for one batter to get Goldie. So they might have had him as their Goldie weapon. Okay, if Goldie comes up and there's runners on, let's bring Adams in, and he's just the Goldie guy. Um, seemed like they had a plan, and it worked out well uh, for them. You know, no injuries, so nothing got really messed up there. And then it's it's the Tatis double, and then it's the, then it's the Hosmer double, and then it's the Tatis intentional walk, and the other two runs were just that bad play by Edmund. Cronenworth, good. I don't know. Mm. Padres are a lot of fun. Trev, hit it off. No, they're a lot of fun. I mean, that was we talked about what Jack had to do to to put his team in position to win. He did exactly that. I mean, his final line was six innings pitched, one earned run, eight Ks. He did his thing, gave up the doubles to uh, Hosmer there and and Tatis. Uh, But like you said, man, it was just the offense. And and that happens. You go cold. Your offense can go cold, especially, you know, bullpen day, like it would seem like that's going to be to your advantage, like a bunch of guys who aren't good enough to be starters. But the way they can match up now and the information they have on each player and how they can – that makes it tough. When you're facing a new guy every inning, it's very difficult to get into some sort of a rhythm. So this is uh, something we always see during the playoffs, but the Padres are kind of taken to the extreme level because they have to. They don't have enough starters to get them through. That's going to be really interesting to me. Uh, can those guys come back? Are they saying they're going to come back? Do they have a chance to in the DS? I think Lamette has Lamette a decent May, shot. Yeah. I think he was a coin flip for it, this man. series. There was yeah. some update that Clev is still throwing. Like, he's not yeah. shut down. He's still down. trying. He he had a good throwing sesh that got everyone excited, and then he had a bad one. So he's I like he's maybe for a CS. I think Lamette should be there for for the DS. You could, like I said, you could do the bullpenning thing, and if it works right, it's tough on a, on a hitting team. But when the guys have to go back to back, back to back to back, then their stuff's not as sharp, and then that's when you're going to see teams start to tee off. 
I mean, did any Cardinal batter see a pitcher twice? That's exactly what I was about to say. No, um, they it's they really didn't, tough. and that's 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 when a bullpen day looks and feels awful. We've you know the the Rays who kind of started this. We saw that a lot with the Yankees. By the way, they're going to play, um, and the first time you see it, it's so painful. Uh, you're just walking into a new, different at bat every time. When a bullpen day goes awry, is when you know two of the nine guys who pitch don't have it that day, and that's where Jace Tingler is getting a lot of credit, and he does deserve it. He put his guys in successful situations. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to leave in that guy for the extra batter to try to sneak the out against Goldie, because guess what? That backfires you. You bring in Tim Hill for Matt Carpenter with runners on base, because, you know, that's that's where you can get burnt. So he put his guys in the in a good position, and that's all you can do. Uh, credit to all the pitchers. Nobody got got. Uh, nobody. Nobody. Uh, and you know this Cardinals team, yes, it's it's Goldie, and then a lot of pieces. Yachty sent two to the track. Uh, Fowler, I think, did too. The ball wasn't traveling too well in San Diego. I was watching that, oh, yeah, I thought it was dumb. that was tough. I think if this game was played at a lot of different stadiums, you would have had like three homers uh, on each team probably, but it wasn't. And uh, yeah, man, uh, good for the Padres, and they brought out some young dudes. Pat- Patino is twenty. 21, yeah. Morahone is 21 uh, So kudos to Tingler But uh, kudos to all of those pitchers Because everyone had it Everyone had it I think the only guy that was in the maybe category Was Pierce Johnson And he, he gets the out he needs And they rightfully pull him So good for the Padres And yeah, Jack um, He shoved uh, that third time through the order uh, well, that again, everything we just talked about that makes a bullpen day good. This is their third time seeing him. He gets down 2-0 to Tatis. Tatis jumps a sinker, and then Hosmer jumps a first pitch sinker as well. So uh, Jack was great, and then uh, that yeah, that, to Tatis man, yeah, that was and he pulled his hands in. That's a hell of a job right there. That's a good pitch by Jack, and Tatis just like he gets the barrel to everything, dude. That uh, I think the Tatis guy is gonna stick. Um, Austin and- Adams gets the win. He faced one batter. Huge, huge. Uh, Reyes comes in out of the Cardinals pin, and it's a little bit of like, not only did we get Flaherty, kind of. I mean, you're technically winning, but now we've got someone else on the mound. And yeah, that that inning. I mean, talk about TFA in baseball when things fall apart. It gets things can get ugly quick. I mean, Cronenworth. He gets a uh, second pitch single, and then it's like, okay, now the dogs are out. Flaherty's gone. Let's do this. Let's end this game. Uh, fielder's choice. Uh, they walk Tatis. Wong throws it away. Um, and then there's the play, the chopper to Tommy Edmond, and he rightfully misses third base, which I do mm. think he tried to do to leave the force at home. Uh, Molina can't see that from his angle. And Molina's off the bag trying to make the tag. Uh, I don't I, think he missed on purpose. No, he, really? he tried to touch it, yeah. Yeah, because his reaction was very much like, fuck. And Molina knew and he, he had to tag And he him. reached his foot backwards after he jumped. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I I thought that was the play to leave the force out at home. I, I thought it was kind of heady by him. Man. Yeah, Molina caught it like he was trying to tag. I he know, but that's, that's what I think Molina – I don't think Molina could see that from his angle. But he didn't even have his foot on the base. Well, he exactly. Because you'd assume that he would step on third base, but I think the right play there is to not no. step on the base no and leave way. the force out. You don't get two outs, you get two bro. Outs. 
I yeah, think. Well, you end up with zero. I don't think you can well, really get two out of that situation. What do you mean? He, he could have it. taken two breaths, stepped on third base, and fired no. to Yachty's chest, got two out. He rushed no. the whole thing. The game, it was the game a chopper. It was a chopper. He came down with it, thought he was trying to touch third, and then create a lane for a Yachty to be able to tag. The problem is he he palmed the ball and threw it into the ground. He one hop. It was a terrible throw. Base. Terrible throw. So it was it was just a bad play. If he steps on, on third, him. I don't think they're getting two outs there, and I think the run scores. Of course he would have. It was easy. If he would have stepped on third and made a good it's a throw. Chopper. It was, it was a chopper. It was a chopper. Runners are going on though. contact. I don't think so, man. I love you. Fair. Think, I mean, is this a Tommy Edmond like apology tour? No, I'm a. He made it. He just made it. It was. Just, it sped up on him. It happens, man. Yadi almost made the play. Sort of. Almost. He made the play afterwards with the double play, and if, they gave if, him so much love. If Yadi keeps his foot on the base and catches the ball, I mean, there's a, it's an well, out. Well, he didn't home. know he missed the base, dude. How right. Are you supposed to, he he went can't to try to hit the base. You don't. He can't you know, see just, from that angle. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's Jay, the game. I mean, I don't know if you want to. It's not close. What's not close at home? Like if, like if I he, watch the play, like if he just, if he just, if he just steps right. backwards, touches it right there, right, collects himself and fires. To but Yachty. then you take away the force. That's what I'm saying. I yeah, but you but lose the yeah, double play, point? but you don't let a run score. I think if you step on when you step on third there on that chopper, I think you're basically guaranteeing the run score. Oh, I think if it's a, just, I think it's an if easy you just, double play. Yeah, like he, if you lose the force, you just have to tag him. It's not like it's like he's going to score. But that's a really hard throw with a bases loaded chopper, runner gunning down the line on contact. You step on third there, you take the force. I, I think you're basically guaranteeing the run scores. When I saw the replay, it looked like to me he tries to touch third base. He realizes mid throw that he didn't touch first base. Yeah. And I think yeah, panics he, and he chokes the ball and throws it into the dirt. That's basically what I saw. That's how I read it as well. Sure. He knew he fucked up, and he's like, oh, shit, I didn't touch the base. And then panicked. It's a tough play. I mean, you you don't have a lot of time to create a lane at that because it is a chopper. You touch the base. You don't have – I mean, maybe you have enough time to clear a lane and throw, but at at game speed like that, you're probably just going to try to sidearm it, tail it back into the catcher. But he just choked it. Not he didn't choke. I'm saying he choked the ball. Tough play. Didn't matter because they didn't score any runs. Didn't score any runs. Bang. Bang. Uh, Carlson didn't hit a homer for you. Mm. Tough. Wow. Anyone hit a homer for you? I don't even know who I had. I have no idea. Wow. Flex. I don't well, think nobody, did anybody hit nobody any had cr- nobody had Cronenworth and Cooper. So no. Oh well, Trev, you win the regular season. Yeah, you won the regular season. Remember, I won you, the homer draft. You were you won the regular season homer draft. Yes. Oh, now we're doing a playoff one. I would like to keep it going. I think it's a fun segment on the pregame show. It's I'll just a baby. totally different you were, thing. You were tipsy off a couple Sierra mists last night, and you called us last place fucks. I thought we were still going. You, I thought you were just in last place. I know you actually got last place down. So yes, you guys are last place fucks. It's true. Last place does fuck. Sometimes. Tied for last place, too. It's even worse. Tied for second, tied for last. 
Uh, anything else in this game? I mean, I love the celebration for baseball fandoms cheering about mm. baseball. COVID optics, obviously, it's really weird. For the Braves, I was saying the same thing. Like, what the hell? Um, there was a close-up where they ran down the line, and there was a lot of mask being worn, which is good. I like that shot. Gave me a little more like, okay, good. But, all right, so I know that this is impossible for some people. It's not impossible for me. If you take the COVID optics out of it and just like, wow, baseball is growing, and the Padres are so good for baseball, and Tatis is so good for baseball, and it sucked to see all the gatekeeping about like, it's not the World Series because these kids have never seen their team win a playoff series in their life. And if they were alive in 98, uh, then it's been 22 years. Um, I don't, I, as a Yankees fan, as a Dodgers fan, you don't celebrate these small feats because they happen somewhat often. Um, I think that scene is just really good for baseball. Like, really good. Like, I mean, Tatis. The Tatis effect, man. It's the Tatis effect, dude. He's got international appeal. MLB better not fuck this one up because he, I think, wants to be marketed, is marketable, put him everywhere. He's a stud. The whole team, I mean, like they, that team right now is good for baseball. It's a lot of big dick energy, mm. like running around, hitting homers, pimping everything. It's just fun. It's a highlight reel of a team. Defensively as well, you got, I mean, Machado and Tatis on the same side of the ball. is ridiculous. Like yeah. That's, that's like one of the best left sides of the infield we're going to see. There's a, there's a scene in uh, when 1980 – U.S. Olympic team beat the Russians. Now, this is a drastic comparison, but there's a little comparison here. There's a shot where the U.S. team is celebrating so much, and it's not the gold medal, remind you, just beating Russia to get to the gold medal. And the Russian team is just their chin on their sticks watching the celebration. And they interview some of the Russian players, and they say, we hadn't celebrated like that in two decades. We forgot how fun winning is supposed to be. And I think baseball has a little bit of that going on. There's been so many old heads gatekeeping the sport for so long that, you know, we're getting bat flips back into play. We're, it's winning the battle. Fun in baseball is winning. But that's how I kind of think a lot of people felt, or like as a Yankee fan, I felt watching a fan base go crazy over that series win because I do have a little bit of me like, oh, dude, it's just the wild card. But then I'm like, well, what, why, why do I think that? Right. Have fun. Hell yeah, have fun. That's why people pop champagne after every series. Like, why not? Yeah, that's like even Jeter, who says, even Jeter, whose quote was, if you lose in the World Series or you don't make the playoffs, you're fucking lost. What's the difference? But then he would always celebrate after each series, and he he would say, and he would just say, like, yeah, well, you know, you have to enjoy this. Yeah, I I do think, uh, and I mean, this is full-on devil's advocate because I do like it, but, you know, I, I leave it to Padres fans. I'm sure there's some Padre fans that are out there saying, like, hey, let's let's wait to celebrate like this till we win a World Series. Um, but have fun. I do think, you know, the COVID part sucks, and I do think there's probably a little extra amount of people looking for a reason to get out <laughs> during COVID, uh, and I think that might add to it, but they're having fun. I mean, Tatis is a rock star. Um well, yeah, I think if you know if the Dodgers beat them in in four or three coming up, I think you'll see a lot of that circle back around on the internet and be like, "Wow, these you you guys won a wild card game! Congrats!" So it's uh it's it's the do and the don't, but it's fun. Have fun with it. And yeah. uh, hey, I I think Jim, we have to eat a little bit of bugs. You know, when 
when Machado originally signs that contract, I think, you know, some of the takes were like, hey, enjoy irrelevancy. And he's on he's on the sexiest team in baseball. Yeah, it's true. He's on the most relevant team. Everyone, I do think I do think like culture wise, they are the most relevant team in baseball right now. In Maybe. in baseball, in like the tight community. Or like new fans, like like casual I was thinking casual fans. They're the Dodgers are pretty relevant. I still think you know, casuals might not have the Padres. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They've been getting a lot of love. Anyone that watches uh, like breakdowns and doesn't watch baseball, which is like half the YouTube audience, they know about the Padres. Yeah. They know about the pods. Anything else? Do you remember when the uh, White Sox were courting Manny Machado and signed Yonder and John Jay to yeah. try to get him to go there? <laughs> and then they said that wasn't why they did it. Same is same. John Jay, yeah. our guy, Trev. I love. We've had a lot of love nights. John Jay. In Miami, huh? Oh, you and John God. Jay. Me and Aguilar. That's what I was trying to say yesterday about Machado. He gets a lot of hate, but I can't hate on the guy because all these guys I like love him. I don't really know Manny that well, so I can't pass judgment on him either, but he gets so much hate. It's so, so All funny, my boys man. love him, so he... If you, know, you look by at the Moses, I love him. One one of the Cardinals, they they hit a double down the line. It might have been Fowler, and uh, you just see it's Machado. Machado's body language, like there's he doesn't have that hardo hustle side where he's like, let me get into perfect position for the relay. Like he sees the double and he's like, fuck. <laughs> um, and it's just it's kind of how baseball is evolving. And I I don't know. I think he's. You know, Dodger Machado tried to go into this role and the bad guy and all of that, and I think he realized maybe that's not his perfect space. Just be you. You know, Cano figured it out. You you don't have to be the hardo. Have fun out yeah. there. Hey, Carlos Carrera. Or, what is your name? Carrera. 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 Sorry. Like the I know your name. Okay. <laughs> just, just take a look at Manny. He just kind of chilled out a little bit. Yeah. Now everyone loves him. He definitely tried to lean into it a lot when he was with that Dodgers on a postseason run. And it was like, you don't need to, man. Um, all right, I mean, I think that's everything we got going on. We, we're going to do a little preview of the ALDS and NLDS series. If you're on Patreon with us live, we're going to do it in 10 minutes. If you're listening on the podcast apps, it'll come out on Sunday as this one came out on Saturday. That's the plan. Get it out now, baby. And we will see you later. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. Thank mm-hmm. you.